0: Cam takes the snap, he's going to try to push on the stick, off the right side, he gets in! Touchdown, Patriots! Volk in the staggered stance weights, the snap delivers, the placement, swing of the right leg. kick is driven yeah. to the uprights, right down the middle, it's good, and the Patriots win it! <laughs> Nick Volk converts the game winner as time expires on a 30-27 victory!
1: The Patriots had the ball most of the second half, a race a 10 point deficit, and keep the Jets at 0 and 9. That was a mess of a game. But in the end, the Patriots won it, PK.
2: Yeah, they actually made the Jets at 0 and 9. They didn't keep them at 0 9. But we'll overlook that. I don't want to get tiki tacky so early in the morning. It was only 14 years ago that I stood under the goalposts down in Arizona and watched Dick Folk kick a field goal of similar distance, I want to say 49 to beat the cougars so this kid has been around kicking field goals for a long time
1: made the game winner as time ran out and the jets stay winless worst team in the nfl the patriots are three and five you think they're messed up or you think it's just uh, a one-off year they let some free agents go they take the salary cap hits they have some key players especially on defense opt out and bell will have them back and rolling in 2021
2: Well, it's impossible to say that they're going to be back and rolling to the level that is defined rolling by the Patriots, which obviously is to go all the way. But we've talked about this a million times over, and I've always believed that if you have strong management, then you will have a good team. Now, in some years, you'll have a great team. So I believe in Belichick in terms of running a football organization, and Kraft obviously has been a successful owner. I don't know if you can get back to the level that they were, where it seemed like they were in the Super Bowl every other year, if not even more. But they should be able to be competitive. And and to an extent, they're already competitive. So you just add the guys who are opting out coming back next year, and then Belichick has more to work with, more evidence if he wants to go with Cam Newton or whatever he wants to do. So yeah, I suspect that they will be competitive and they don't play, uh, I was going to say, in the toughest division, but the division with the Dolphins and the Bills is improving.
1: Yes, they're definitely there. And they're 3-5 and five now. We'll see if they uh, pick it up down the stretch and and play a little better. They've had a few close losses. Of course, everybody does. There's so many close games in the NFL. And they got the Jets again, so that ought to be win number four. Uh, Patriots have announced they won't have any teams at uh, or won't have any fans at their home games this season at Gillette Stadium. Better have teams, or so that'll really slow things down. But they won't have any fans there. Uh, and the Niners put Kendrick Bourne on the reserve COVID nineteen list less than a week after he's placed on the list, and then registered multiple negative tests in a row to be activated. But now he's back on the list. As the Niners just keep trying to figure out. Who could play every week? Yachtson, they're rolling his eyes now. He loves his Niners, even if he can't name all of them because all the ones he can name are out. DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag
2: college football. Would we have liked it to have been different? Yes. All those students were tested uh, earlier in the week uh, for COVID. Um, you know, again, it, it's hard to stop students coming over uh, the fence. We don't have all the personnel uh, to, to make that a situation where nobody can come over the fence and onto the field. But, again, uh, hopefully we got through it without any uh, ill effects.
1: That's Brian Kelly, Notre Dame head coach, who famously told his guys we're going to win the game. They are going to storm the field, and you need to get off the field ASAP. Hmm. Saturday, Mississippi State Auburn that's been postponed. Positive tests wiping out that game, uh, and Mississippi State having an outbreak, and LSU who had an outbreak this summer, and they thought maybe that would protect them during the season, but now they got guys testing positive for a second time. So the number one game with number one Alabama Saturday could be in jeopardy as well. Not sure how that's going to shake out. Wisconsin's back though, baby. They're at Michigan.
2: You have to say "baby" every time you precede. Yes, your back.
1: I do. It's a fact. It's actually in the sportscasters' uh, laws, and I have to follow that. It's a misdemeanor, and I get fined. Okay. You got a second-best team in the uh, in the Big Ten, Northwestern. Oh,
2: Indiana. Indiana. Right oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't it's, know that it's going to play out that way over the course of the next few weeks, but right now, certainly, it's Indiana.
1: With BYU having a buy through the next four weeks, you know, I think it's something to watch because you can kind of see, and, and, and stuff will change over the next month, but right now you can see a pretty solid case for, for 10 teams. But right now, the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the Pac 12, you know, is there going to be a second team in any of those conferences that is going to be worthy of emerging and getting a New Year's Six bowl? You know, who's BYU? competing with. If they are competing, maybe they're just in, you think. Uh, and Indiana at 3-0 is a team that, you know, gets your attention. Could be in that mix.
2: I am looking at ESPN's front page right now, mm-hmm. and they've got a story, at least in my when I just did it and refreshed it, as, a, as we speak. I read it about 20 minutes ago. The path to the college football playoff for all 12 contenders, and the picture that they use, the art, as they say in the business is of Tyler Algier. I assume it is his 80-something yard run against Boise. So ESPN, the kingpin of all, has got BYU the path to 12 contenders, for all 12 contenders. So that's got them as a contender. So, yes, things are looking up.
1: That does look like Tyler's about 70 yards into that TD run right there ready to go. All right, uh, Pac-12 news. The uh, the youth, we heard Kyle Whittingham, his Monday availability is falling at 8.30 in the morning. So we're airing it live right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. And he said they're getting some scout team players ready uh, for the UCLA game. And despite all that, Vegas still has the youth's favorite, PK. Not not oh, knowing who's, who's going to play how good these guys are, how green they are, how ready they are, all that stuff. You'd three.
2: Yeah, but I mean, it can't go through and just check every single person, player, nope. roster every single day. I mean, it would drive it's just impossible. And, and you said something yesterday that I didn't really pick up on, but I picked up on later in the day about the frustration in Kyle's voice. And, and for whatever reason, I didn't catch it, but you said that, and so it stuck with me. So then I went and re-listened to it later in the day, and man, it was so obvious what you were saying, and then uh, I followed up on it, and absolutely, there's all levels of frustration in terms of just uh, who's available today. Essentially, who's on the team today? And, and it's really nothing that he's ever experienced, and he's going to be 61 years old in two weeks. He's been coaching for a good long time, so he's experienced a lot, but this is the craziest it's ever been. And it's taking its toll, and it's something that I didn't necessarily sense when we were doing it live, but you did, and then I went back and looked at it and made a follow-up, and it's exactly the way you said it.
1: You know, I've always thought, listening to Kyle, and uh, try to pay more attention to it uh, when coaches get into their 60s. You know, what is the energy level? And it's kind of easy to measure some things uh, because you're around them so much. If it's always you know, at the same point. I mean people are gonna have different energy levels before a game, after a game in the week, but we have gone to so many of those Monday press conferences over the years. And I always find that he has a high energy level unless the losses are really piling up, you know, which they haven't been lately, right? The five and seven years, you could get deep into those seasons and and you could tell it was weighing on him. And that that was what I don't know, it's just kind of one thing you always try to listen to. I'd always try to Listen to that energy level in Jerry Sloan's voice at a shoot around after a game because I went to so many of them. I always thought, man, for a guy in his 60s now, man, the motor is really running. So I just thought it jumped out because that is just one constant with Kyle is he usually has a pretty high energy level. I mean, he's really, he just, he's at it. But man, I guess you know you got your routine. You're going through your meetings and your film session, and you know you're meeting with some players, and you're meeting. And he's got this whole routine meeting with the other coaches and the coordinators and all that. And just have this sense that he's constantly getting interrupted by another text and another phone call about another issue with another kid. And you've said this about how you know when they were five and seven, how everyone up on the hill, um, you know, they just the assistant coaches, the head coach, you know, it just. It just The losing just beat them all down, right? And the winning can seem automatic to fans, but I don't think the coaches come even remotely close to taking it for granted. And so right now, and it's one of the reasons I wanted to check the point spread, I I thought one of the reasons Kyle's so gassed is, okay, trying to figure out which players have to change positions, which players are up, who has to be coached up. It's like guys who weren't even on their radar, they got to get them ready. And he doesn't want to watch some cornerback who wasn't planning on playing, chased some guy on some 70-yard touchdown for UCLA. And I think that stuff takes more out of them than we know. I, I think minute meeting to meeting and minute to minute. All right, DJ PK, it's 97.5 at Toilet of the Zone.
0: Hashtag NBA.
1: Well, the NBA and the Players' Union have reached an agreement in principle to start the 2021 season. Now they have amended the collective bargaining agreement. Just keep checking the boxes, PK. So now the draft is the 18th, which is a week from tomorrow, next Wednesday. And now they've set free agency for Friday the 20th, and it is going to start at – they're going to be eligible to sign deals on Sunday the 22nd. So – Bing, bing, bing. We're going to click right through this, which is really the only way to do it, if you're going to start the season December 22nd. Bing, bing, bing? Well, I don't want to say baby. I don't want to say baby. I
2: saved that for college football. Boom, boom, boom. No, well, you can do it if it's back. I'd go more. Boom, boom, boom is for the warehouse. Yeah. Yeah, Come on. Let's just boom is for the warehouse. Boom, boom, boom. It's it's available. It's a Pat Travers song. It goes boom, boom. Out go the lights. Very good tune. You should play it. Uh, So I would go more boom, boom, boom rather than Bing, Bing, Bing. I thought of Dave Bing, the old Detroit mayor. Did he play in the NBA? Yeah, but you know me. I'm so much about politics first and then sports.
1: That's what I thought. Yeah. 71-day offseason. It's going to be the shortest for the NBA, the NFL, NHL, or MLB. They are right back at it, PK. Do they get a trophy for that kind of record? Is that a record? Uh,
2: if you're in junior high, yes. If you're in the real world, go to work and shut up.
1: DJ and PK. Hashtag
0: Major League Baseball.
1: So the Astros, the former Astros GM, is uh, filing a lawsuit. Breach of contract, $22 million, PK. He was, uh, he was scapegoated it for a sign-stealing scandal that he had no knowledge and played no part of. This is not going to go away, is it? Unless he gets a job.
2: Well, unless he gets the money. Uh, so, yeah, if that's true, I have no idea if it's true. That seems like a harsh, harsh penalty when the guys who are fully aware of it and participated in it willingly not only don't get penalized, they reap the financial benefits and windfalls.
1: Rookie of the Year awards are out. Padres Jake Cronenworth robbed finished second Brewers reliever Devin Williams National League Rookie of the Year of course he did have a 0.33 ERA I guess you should get something for that even if you're not in junior high right
2: uh, yes, if he keeps that up, he will not only get something, he'll get more than every time possible.
1: <laughs> 27 innings, 53 strikeouts. I'll do a little math for you. That's one short of two per inning.
2: I mean, that's a very impressive, That obviously.
1: is, right, unheard of. Uh, Mariner center field, Kyle Lewis is the American League rookie of the year with 11 homers, 28 ribbies, and 58 games. So, there you go. There are your rookies of the year. And what is training is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener, Sham, Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, you brought something up yesterday. We gotta uh, we gotta float this past the people. Everybody wants to be Tom Home. I actually saw Tom on uh, was on social media, what was it, end of last week maybe? Uh, saying that they're They weren't going to schedule a game into this bye week, but he thanked he thanked all the fans for their uh, their input, their help, and their interest in scheduling. So, if you'd like to be AD for passion, technically the passion was that what was okay. So, uh, if you'd like to be AD for about five minutes and help BYU with the football schedule, then the next segment is for you. If you missed PK's take his logic on this. Kind of goes against what we were thinking uh, four or six weeks ago, but you know, new information, new opinions, right? We'll get to that next. Stay with us.
0: Let's go! The Big Show. And Jake Scott.
1: Apparently, there is a bowling alley having a naked bowler night. What a surprise! You picked this story. Well, it's unusual.
0: Lisa's pet name for me is Bowler. There is one particular item of clothing that everyone must wear: bowling shoes. Boy, that's one time you don't want to see Harry pick up the seven ten split. (laughs) (laughs) You have a one track mind. You know that?
2: How do I have a one track mind? This is an unusual event. What
0: sport would you most prefer to uh, to play? No, I'm not not participating. What about naked axe throwing? <laughs> <laughs> the Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: Put your best foot forward with a Zero Res cleaning before the holiday. Clean in November, make a food donation to Zero Res, and they will clean a fourth room for free. Forwards or backwards, Zero Res, it's the right way to clean. Call them at 801-288-9376. All right, the question of the day. Should BYU add another game to the schedule? And PK, I gotta say, our listeners brought it to the old Facebook page and examined this from every angle. They brought up a lot of different uh, a lot of different issues. Uh, Dave says another game or two would be nice, but no one wants the can of whoop wah that BYU will bring. No one, huh? That's what he believes. He believes BYU has intimidated everybody right out of the pool. Takes two to tango and all that stuff. Can they find a taker, somebody who's really good? Or does everybody have too much to risk? Or we're just going to get basically a lot of college basketball scheduling here where, uh, yeah, I don't want to play you. You're good. You might beat me. Let's line up some, some tomato cans and knock them over. Ryan, on the other hand, says uh, only if they can add a quality team. San Diego State didn't do them any favors by losing to San Jose State. Mm, I don't know if that's true. The part about a quality team or San Diego State doing them favors?
2: I don't think that uh, San Jose State matters really right now. I think that's uh, it's irrelevant to what BYU is accomplishing or trying to accomplish. I don't believe BYU will get in the playoff. I just don't believe it until I see them actually invite an outsider. It just doesn't seem likely to me. So I put that aside, and the whole objective is to get into the cotton or the, uh, the fiesta bowl, get yourself some something you haven't done, clear that uh, hurdle, if you will, if you consider that a hurdle. Uh, so what is the best way to go about it? Well, you got two games left, right? and you go 10-0, and, and you stop both teams, I think you're in. It doesn't matter what San Jose State did at San Jose State. It really, it just, it just doesn't matter.
1: You've climbed so far in the rankings. You've gotten yeah. so much pub. Your quarterback has looked so good. Right. The offense is exciting. You make big plays in the running game. They got an 86-yard uh, highlight from you last week.
2: Right. So you've done, much to our surprise, you've done what you've needed to do. And so it's not about San Jose State. So, I will say that's one thing that has surprised
1: me here is they've gotten this much juice out of this schedule.
2: Yeah, I, yeah exactly. I'm not I surprised totally they're
1: undefeated right now. But if you told me, they, I guess it probably would have said, well, they're undefeated and ranked 16th. That's probably. that's probably, you know, what, what did you expect in, in mid-September? Probably clear. that that would not be out of the range, but that they're undefeated and top ten now. Yeah, that
2: that's a little surprising. And, and Zach Wilson's getting legitimate Heisman run, not just uh, somebody at the uh, B, in the BYU yeah. athletic department deciding, hey, let's create a campaign. I mean, like Utah did that with Tyler Huntley last year, and I didn't see it. Now I got no problem doing it. That's what they're paid to do: promote your guys. So go ahead and do it. But I didn't see him having legitimate Heisman trophy candidacy. Zach Wilson has a legitimate Heisman Trophy candidacy. I would be very surprised if he won but he still has uh, legitimate and when you're somebody like BYU having a player on your team who's a legitimate candidate, that that's good enough. Uh, so I, my advice, which Tom isn't asking me, but I am a valued sports journalist. Now that's by BYU's <laughs> own acknowledgement. Uh <laughs> Uh, hold on, what? <laughs> I'm a valued sports journalist. Yeah, but so but am I. I am too. Leave I me a, don't leave me out of this. If you want to join, join. I, I take. Hey, I believe in the individual. I'm going to take care of number one. I grew up with take care of number one because nobody else is going to do it for you. So that's a little Italian proverb I heard a million times. Take care of number one. So you want to join in? You join in. But I'm a valued sports journalist because they sent out an email about their restructuring yesterday, and uh, they 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 titled it to all of us "valued sports journalist." So I am one. They, they really and then you read their press release and a strategic move to better position itself into a changing communications strategic decision is innovative and blah, blah, blah. What they didn't say is they laid off a bunch of people.
1: <laughs> yeah, about five.
2: <laughs> is that what it was?
1: More. Uh, Yacht is saying it's more. No, I don't know. I talked to someone yesterday wasn't sure, but they listed five Full for Full-time
2: staffers probably five.
1: Oh, okay. But there, remember. A then each
2: of those five, yeah. my heart goes out to them, and I hope they find work soon. I couldn't imagine. But uh, why shouldn't BYU? They're facing economic hardships just like the rest of us. And once again, to me, BYU, you can tell me you're different all you want, but you're a business just like everybody else. And people lost their jobs, and it sucks. And I don't make light of that by any stretch. And I grieve for them losing work. That's awful, absolutely awful. And I hope they land on their feet, so to speak, as quickly as possible. So my thought is keep the schedule as is. Go beat the snot out of North Alabama. Beat the snot out of San Diego State. Style points matter. They mattered against Boise. I mean, you got way more run beating Boise by putting 50 on them, 51, than if you would have uh, won 27 to 24. You just you just did. So go ahead and do that again, and then you let uh, whatever is going to happen, happen. You have presented your case. You have done it. Now, if you have an opportunity to add a big-time team, which I don't see possible now because these big-time teams are going with the conference only, and we saw Nebraska try to venture out, and they got slapped down. And it seems like uh, with the COVID, they don't want that. And so, to me, that doesn't seem possible uh, because now you've got uh, so many teams, like just say the Pac-12, you've already got uh, a third of the teams, basically, that are already short a game. So they could possibly rearrange it to play others within their own conference. If it came to that, who knows if it'll come to that. But if it did, you know, they could go that direction. So it doesn't seem likely that BYU is going to get a high-level power five. Playing Kansas isn't going to do anything to you, for you. And so, in my mind, why bother playing another AAC or a Sunbelt team that is low-ranked and has no profile whatsoever? You've already done that. What's the point of doing that some more? No, that's silly. I don't see – you're just risking injury. Who knows? More COVID exposure, more opportunity to lose. You probably wouldn't lose, but injury or whatnot. So you've already done – assuming you win these next two games, you've already done what you're being asked to do. And I think that gets you in. So my recommendation as a valued sports journalist, (laughs) by their own acknowledgement. And then then that's the greatest compliment anybody's ever said to me. Instead of, you're a bum, you're a hack, and all the stuff that I usually get, I got from BYU standing up and calling me a valued sports journalist. That, don't do it, man. Just play these next two, and then see what happens. Let the chips fall. I think you'd be in at that point. That's my recommendation. I defy anybody to argue because it would be a losing argument.
1: Mark says, it's hard to believe the BYU has played seven straight weeks with no interruptions. So this is a good week and a half off. But games on November 28th or December 5th, that would be just cougarific. I think what you wanted want to use the word cougarific. Oh, well, he wants to plug games in instead of having no. back-to-back bye weeks. Hey,
2: the only one I would do is Army, since you already had an agreement.
1: And that one, uh, that was brought up. Daniel says, absolutely, fingers crossed, that it's Cincinnati, Marshall or army I don't know what Cincinnati's schedule looks like if they can uh, plug somebody in there or not army 6 and 1 and their only loss is to Cincinnati so that'd be a good game and Cincinnati is obviously uh, undefeated right now problem with Cincinnati is they've got uh, they got games scheduled all those weekends
2: yeah so that that's unrealistic Marshall, what's Marshall going to get you?
1: Yeah, I don't know. That was the one that kind of jumped out at me in there. I uh, they
2: have a nice record, but do they really have any profile to speak of?
1: They did for a while. Uh, they seemed to be like this uh, the the new kids on the block and seemed to be rising. And you know, they moved up from one double A and and moved through a couple leagues. But I think that lately, you know, not so much. And you know, this team's undefeated and ranked, so you know that that's good. Uh, but they also have games plugged in on those weekends. so I guess they're open on the 28th. but
2: Yeah, if I'm BYU, I don't fight down. I fight up. And BYU then to your point an profile.
1: And then to your point, uh, punching up in uh, power five just just seems really unlikely. Right. I mean, Washington and Arizona were trying to play each other in the pack 12. I guess Washington brought it up from what I read. And uh, they just couldn't work out the well, details. Didn't... he had
2: no interest in that whatsoever, so <laughs> was, there was nothing to work out.
1: Uh, we can't. Uh, trucks in a uh, uniform and... Um...
2: Well, he came out and said, no, that was never a possibility. So that, that was just talk. There was nothing.
1: I was watching, him making that. a phone call in Arizona, shooting it down.
2: I don't know. But I know Sumlin, following the Arizona media said that that wasn't no. wasn't a possibility. So I know it was nice talk and and talk radio is just exactly that. It's talk. So beyond that, there was there was really no substance to it. So with that, I mean, the Pac-12's got their issues. I mean, I think Utah is probably a fifty-fifty chance to play this week. Cal and ASU's the same type of thing. Talking about Cal may have to leave the area if it wants to have a football season, and so they're supposed to play in Tempe Saturday night. So they're going to end up, uh, what, uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we have uh, another two games canceled this week. And at that point, any legitimacy to a conference race is absolutely bogus. And you're playing games to get kids out there to play games and make some money. But as far as a uh, legitimate conference race, in my mind, if it comes to that, it's out the window. You don't you don't win anything by playing four games, and that, that's just you. You're gonna win a playoff series in the NBA by winning four games, and that's it.
1: <laughs> baseball analogies, baseball analogies. Everything that happens in sports has to have a baseball analogy. Even this, and the the analogy here is you can play three innings before the rain comes, and you got to play three innings. But if the rain comes, it's not a game. You can't play two or three innings and have it be a game. It's not.
2: Yeah. Get through the,
1: get through the fifth out of the nine innings for it to be a game.
2: And. And that's if it comes to this, which you very well could. Then, to me, I would cancel the divisions at that point, and I would just go the two best teams, the the two teams who have the most wins,
1: like the Mountain and, West has done,
2: and then figure out some type of uh, tiebreaker. But having a four and team in there versus a or even less, just, just just versus a five and one, just and then depending on what your crossover game is, it's too arbitrary. So they've got their own issues. So the Pac-12, as far as BYU is concerned, I think would be certainly off the table. So who are you going to play? Pl- playing another dog? That's not going to do anything. There's really there's no benefit now if you want it for financial reasons. And I've been saying this all along. If you want to play games to make money, I mean, some people in the hoity-toity media who have jobs, that's what I always (laughs) like. They have their jobs, and they're lecturing us about not doing it. Yeah. Yeah, that's always just, I look at that, like, what are you talking about? Go ahead and put that out there when you've just been laid off. And you're 62 years old, say, uh, and trying to find another job. And then you tell me uh, what your opinion is then. Until you're in that situation, shut the you-know-what up.
1: <laughs> Barry says absolutely like you, All this other stuff that we see. Barry says absolutely you should play another game. They need to keep themselves in the national conversation, and they can do that only by continuing to play. I hope they can they fill are. either 11:28 or 12 five. They're going to stay in the conversation either That's way. That's not
2: true at all, man. Because
1: they're undefeated.
2: yes. Yeah, they're in the conversation this morning, the 12 teams that have a path to the playoff, and they're not playing this week. And the great thing about it is they've proven that they will play you. So they're getting run just by willing to play these teams, not actually playing them this year. Because they're scheduled with the, what, the six Power Fives? And then Boise, Houston, and uh, Utah State hasn't turned out to be it's, anything. It's short, like playing BYU bingo. I did say that been, has been good for a few years.
1: It's like playing BYU bingo. When you watch a broadcast, you got to check off the boxes of everything that they all the stuff about the BYU story that we know locally, the nationally people don't know. And one of them is they're going to put up the schedule. These are the teams they originally had scheduled, and then the Power Fives canceled non conferences, and they always put it up. And then they're going to hit the story about Zach driving and 12 not hours. It's their fault. Right. And they always say that. They always say that. So they are getting mileage for that. I
2: thought. Uh, I th- I thought he hitchhiked. Did he did he have his own wheels?
1: <laughs> I think he had his own wheels. Oh, he did? I don't think he hitched.
2: What's the longest you've ever hitchhiked? Zero. You've never hitchhiked.
1: Never hitchhiked. <laughs> Mom hatch will be very displeased to hear this, but I've done it twice.
0: Where'd you go? <laughs> she warned us. I all hitchhiked the time. all
2: the time. That's how I got around. We just hitchhiked across town in Orem growing up a couple of times. Uh, So somebody from the ward picked you up?
0: (laughs) No, sadly. That would have actually worked out better probably. (laughs) But nice pull.
2: Although around here, no, because if you're a mile away from your house, you're in a different ward. Different ward.
1: And then someone from the stake picked
2: you up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, <laughs> you're in like four regions over, and you're a mile and a half from your house. <laughs> Travis says, when you really know you're in Utah.
1: <laughs> Travis says BYU should play another game as long as it's versus Utah, because it'd be very satisfying to be the only blemish on their record. The rivalry lives at all oh, times. Utah beating BYU? Yeah, that's what he's getting at. Aaron says... Wow,
2: man, if you want a national buzz... That'd do it. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. Aaron says I would say Utah, but they won't take the game. Ah, firing back. Good work, Aaron.
2: Mm. I think that's out of their control, though. How do we know they wouldn't take the game? I, I can't say that. I mean, Mark Harlan has embraced the rivalry. I don't think there's any question about that. He gets it. He comes from rivalries. He absolutely comes from rivalries. He worked in Los Angeles. He went to school in Arizona. And so he not only does he embrace rivalries, he embraces rivalries for the conference. And he knows I haven't heard him try to pump up Colorado, Utah at all. He just uh, you can't force anything; it's it's just got to happen naturally, organically, as the Jazz like to say. So he understands that playing a rival can get you something. And he saw working at U.C. Los Angeles, he saw two things. USC had multiple rivals, and then everybody was USC's rival. They may not have returned the rivalry feeling, but everybody in a conference, in a Pac-10, SC was their a rival. May not have been the first one, because you've got the ones in state, the way the conference has played out. But he saw that everybody, just uh, 10 miles down the road, was SC's rival, and then SC considered, obviously, the Bruins and Notre Dame to be their rivals, and then everybody shot for SC always. It's just the way it was and still is to a good degree. Uh, So he gets the rivalry. So I don't think he would say that Utah wouldn't want to play BYU because he certainly has given no indication that that's the case and he wants to play him in basketball. And I realize they're going to take a couple years off here, with that in mind. But I think he's done a good job in bracing it. But I don't know that it would be his decision and the University of Utah's decision.
1: Well, they have a game scheduled every week, so that's going to be problem number one. The only way to become available right, right, is right, if the opponent we're speaking hypothetically, right? Is if the opponent said, uh, "Hey, we're out." Kind of the way Wisconsin did. You know, with Wisconsin saying we're out for two weeks. Well, now your second opponent maybe has the 8 to 9 to 10 days that it would take to get a game together. So if somebody's scheduled, it's, it's going to be pretty, pretty difficult. It seems like if you're really focusing on this, BYU Army. But if you got a good season going, right, right. what's the return? Do both teams think there's way more upside than there is downside? Because if either one thinks there's more downside than upside, then the game's not going to happen. I mean, they're clearly going to weigh. Yeah, I how much on that? Really? Because they need the money?
2: If Army says we want to play and BYU refuses to play us, and they go public with that, BYU looks like chicken, you know what? <laughs> and I don't think they can afford that.
1: So then they measure the downside. And the downside is horrific.
2: I think if Army says we want to play, We've both got these dates open. We have a contract. The virus forced us not to be able to play it at the time we were scheduled to play it back in September. And if they go public with it, I don't know that they would. This is me just speculating, but I am a valued sports journalist, so I'm allowed to do that. If Army were just to put it out there, yeah, we wanted this game. But BYU doesn't. And the implication is, well, they just want to protect their record against these hapless teams here yep. so they can try to get into a New Year's Day bowl, which I don't even think this year is New Year's Day, but we call it New Year's Day because I think the Rose and One the, of the you know, New, Year's six. Are New Year's Day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, I think that would give them all sorts of bad publicity. Now, I don't know that they would even do that. If Army said, we want to play very well, Tom and Kalani and those guys could just say, absolutely, let's go. So who's to say that they would hesitate? I don't know that they would, but I'm just saying if they did, and if Army put it out there, it's a bad look for BYU. So in that point, they're almost forced to play.
1: That would be the downside. That it would just uh, it would crush you. You'd look uh, you'd look scared. You look like you're trying to backdoor it, and nobody wants that. That's one of the things that they're getting a lot of credit for right now is that they didn't try to backdoor it. They tried to schedule these six or seven huge games. Yeah. And it wouldn't be a New Year's Day game. It would be a January 2nd game, but it's part of the New Year's 6 package, which is what people are always referencing. So Uh Glendale, January 2nd. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Bad news for PK, but he's going to roll with it because, quite frankly, he expects it at this point. I'll tell you about that next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: This this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want.
2: So I'm trying to get my phone to not call me Hans. All right, try it again. Don't call me Hans.
0: Okay, what should I call you? Hans. You'd like me to call you Hats. Is that right?
2: No. (laughs) Hans.
0: You'd like me to call you Pants.
2: (laughs) the dumbest thing. Like Lance or Dance. (laughs) What is my name, Google?
0: Your name is Hans.
2: God... Stupid, dumb thing.
0: Could you call me Hans, Ned? You'd like me to call you handsome. Is that right? Well, that's better than Hans. Yeah. Catch Hans and Scotty every day. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network.
1: DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Brought to you in part by Mark Miller Subaru. Coming up this morning, Dylan is going to join us, former BYU wide receiver. He'll be here at 8 o'clock. Brian Taylor with a Masters preview at 8.30. The Masters in November, PK. Are you ready? Yes. Since it's cold and snowy outside, we'll sit inside and watch golf. Frank Dolce is here to talk Utes at 9.05. All right, so yesterday during the show, PK, you were discussing the greatness of the Bills and Seahawks game and how entertained you were and how happy you were that you had NFL ticket in that moment because CBS and KUTV were offering up a Broncos-Falcons game that was, uh, I don't know, three-day-old asparagus served cold. Nasty! (laughs) Falcons, a three-win team. The Broncos, a three-win team, and you need more than three wins in November, people, to really be exciting. So I was curious because, uh, although I wasn't going to rush right out there to... Bite the hand that feeds me.
2: You're not going to give me TV ratings, are you?
1: I also agreed. That was a horrible game. (sighs) Yes, I checked the TV ratings, PK, and they were enormous. They were... It was a a 7.5 rating. The Broncos, who actually disappeared from the local airwaves late last season because they were so bad... And they're three and five now, so theoretically they could get back in a playoff race and be interesting. Uh, I think we're going to get a steady diet of Broncos. If they're going to get ratings we like always that,
2: get a steady diet uh, at Broncos. No,
1: we didn't. Last year they stopped showing. That Bronco was the games. one exception. Well, right, they were bad. And they look like they're on path. And they look like they're on path, but they're bad, but they're still getting ratings. Last year, when they were bad, the ratings dropped. uh,
2: TV ratings, I mean, forget it. I could have Jesus right in front of me telling me (laughs) I'm the Lord and Savior, but if somebody says on TV and people listen to it more, it's not true. TV ratings for you are just everything. They're your Bible, they've always been your everything. It's a waste of time. I can tell you if you would have shown the. Bills and Seahawks, you would have got a 10 rating. You never account for that. It just, just drives me crazy on this. Well, just because things. that got a good rating doesn't mean something else couldn't got a better rating.
1: Two things. One, we couldn't show that game because it was a Fox game. I understand that. That's not the point. And two, when they've gone and they've shown other stuff, like the Eagles and Steelers, who played an entertaining game earlier this year, it was like a two-point game in the fourth quarter, and the Steelers scored late to put it away. I think it was 38-29, some weird score like that. That game got a 1.8 rating.
2: Yeah. Well, then show the friggin' Broncos every day, <laughs> guy. I mean, that's your, you're trying to stick up for your employer. We understand that. You, they, that's your bread and butter. You will do nothing to go against those people. I mean, we, Except we they just told you
1: it was a terrible game. And I right. wish it hadn't been on either, because it was a terrible you, game. And,
2: and then you throw that in there, and then you defend them to the end of the earth.
1: Like, I'm telling I, I you how that. it's going to shake. It's not about defending.
2: It, okay. I don't even know why you bring this up. I mean, you, you're. You, it's the same old song every time. Broncos it is. But I don't care. It, it, it's, it, it's. I didn't watch it one second. So in my house, it got a 0.0 rating. And You'll, that's all that matters to me. Yeah.
1: And you can watch and you can watch Bills and Cardinals this week cuz they'll probably it'll probably be Broncos Raiders over the air.
2: Oh, I will watch the Raiders. I've been watching the Raiders every week. Yeah, I feel an affinity to the Raiders for some bizarre reason. <laughs> I don't know why.
1: They're interesting now that they're in Vegas.
2: Well, we have Lincoln Kennedy on and yeah, somehow I go to Vegas a lot for personal reasons, not to gamble. I never gamble. But I mean, yeah. So I feel like Vegas is, even though it's six hours away, it's like the next town over.
1: I just think the Raiders are finally entertaining. They've got they've got a pretty good collection of skill players, so they make they make plays. It's entertaining football. Their defense is uh, okay, I guess, uh, which Except- it actually works because then they give up big plays, and so it ends up being entertaining football. And they yeah, end I know, up. But in- I
2: was interested in the Raiders when they were zero and zero. Yeah. So that doesn't really fly. Yeah. I mean, that uh, when they were playing Cleveland, that was not entertaining football.
1: 30-mile-an-hour <laughs> <laughs> wins, the mistake right. by the lake.
2: It was awful that day, but yet I watched it. So I'm going to watch the Raiders now. I feel like they're our home team, and people are going to go to their games when that is allowed to, to have happen, hopefully uh, next season. And so, yeah, I feel like I need to pay attention. I need to be Raider-educated, in a sense. And before, I never felt anything. If the Raiders were good and they were on, and you know, there were many years they were. When I lived in Los Angeles, they were very good. Todd Christensen was the man. And then I had the opportunity to get to know him a little bit when I moved here, and he moved here after he retired. And it was always a lot of fun. He was a media guy. He was yeah. a valued sports journalist. <laughs> he and was- so I was on the road with him. And got to got to meet him, got to know him, and got to enjoy his company. And so, I don't want to say he was one of my heroes, but when I worked in L.A., he was very, very prominent because he was very, very good. And he's always been fun to talk to. I'm sure it's a great loss. I mean, it's a tragedy. He was like what, fifty six? Yeah, he was way too young,
1: way too young. Something,
2: something like that. Yeah, just awful. And I know his son. His son was fun to cover. Toby. And so I enjoyed being around both of those guys, but yeah. So I've kind of rekindled my Raider interest, which I did not see coming. But it's well, happened.
1: That, the Browns is the one that, that's kind of a one-off. It's the exception. Other than that, it's pretty much thirty-something to twenty-something when the Raiders play. So and I think it's well, pretty-
2: Gruden is a is a uh, personality. Yeah.
1: All right, DJ and PK, you win a golf. They got another Masters giveaway. We do this with every major. We're not used to having majors in November, but that doesn't stop you win a golf. The prize is a putter. Which putter? Well, that depends on who wins. You get the brand of putter that the Masters champion plays. We're going to get 26 qualifiers. The top 25 players are each paired with a listener, and the 26th listener gets the field. Yak, who are they playing for right now? Matthew Wolf, one of the most unorthodox swings you'll see in golf, but a good player nonetheless. All right, be caller number 12 right now. 855 340 zone. 855 340 zone. Enter, and you'll be paired up with Matthew Wolf. This is all brought to you by Uinta Golf, serving Utah golf since 1971. All right, Dylan Cauley coming up next to talk Cougars. Frank Dolce is here at 9 o'clock to talk Utes. It's DJ and PK on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.